Hello and welcome to China on the Rocks, a podcast about China, the F&B industry, and everything cool in between. My name is Logan, and I am joined by my awesome guest host. Hi guys, I'm Anna. Hi Anna, and we have oh oh no oh what? Where's our third host, Alicia? I don't know. I've heard she was eaten by shark. Sharks in Shanghai? River sharks, the most deadliest kind of sharks. Or maybe she fell off a rickshaw into the river. I don't know. She was pretty drunk at Whiskey L, and she was just had a huge bacon sandwich, and she kept saying "f sharks." Sharks don't know shit. So she pissed off the neighborhood shark.、Huh? And we're talking about the aquatic animal, not the sharks from、uh, West Side Story. No, they were the freaker, <laughs> not the dancing type of sharks. I mean, we never know. We never, with Alicia, I mean, she runs a dangerous life with a dangerous crew. But so Alicia's not here to join us today because she is shark bait. And we are still gonna have our shot, so we're still gonna have an awesome podcast for you guys, recapping our whiskey out spirits. So yep. What are we drinking today, Logan? Well, to start, because we're having a whiskey L experience, we're gonna have some Bushmills Twelve Year. Boom! And to finish the podcast, well, yes. Okay, so、uh, we got a lot of podcasts to talk about. We haven't been we haven't been even recording or doing anything for a while because whiskey whiskey L amped us up, it broke us, it broke us.、Um, okay, so start from the start. Let's work our way to the end and then stop. Oh, small detail. We did start recording this last week. We were here at Takalicious recording this episode, and we had the best possible interruption ever. Our very good friend Chris Frosty, a、uh, uh, person that's been on the podcast for his mead. Yes.、Yeah, so he used to live in Shanghai. He has moved away with his wife. They were having a baby. Then they had another baby. All through COVID, borders closed, and he finally returned and visited us all. We met the kiddos. And we met him. He's running this really cool、uh, pizza restaurant in Taipei, and we are actually eating his pizza right now as we talk with you guys. So yeah, he did a pop up here in Shanghai at Home Slice in the SKL, and、um, yeah, we are, we're eating Home Slice、uh, Pizza Bear pizzas right now, and they're delicious. And、uh, what are you sipping on, by the way? And I'm sipping an Attack Delicious Margarita. Yeah, because we're still gonna keep、uh, tequila going. Okay, so whiskey L. We get there. It's hot. Oh my god, it was hot. The weather changed so much in the last couple weeks. It feels like yeah, a better a better place to live now. But it was. It was hot. It was nasty, and you had to wait outside to get. Even if you had like VIP tickets, which we did not, thanks sponsors. But even if you did, you still had to wait in line to go through the ticketing process. And this was almost like a concert with the ticketing process. You got a tote bag to keep your swag. You got like a couple extra tickets and papers and things, and、uh, you got a bottle of gin, which was very in tune with very apropos for a whiskey thing.、Um, how long did your bottle of gin last, by the way? I gave to my staff when I went back to work that night, so I think a couple days. That's it. I think it lasted like three days at Amudim.、Uh, um, so. You go into Whiskey L. For those that don't know, Whiskey L is a large exhibition in Shanghai about whiskeys. There's hundreds and hundreds of different brands of whiskeys all, from all over the world, and they converge in this exhibition. And basically, you get to sip or taste any of the whiskeys there. Super fun. It's more for like you could buy stuff, but that's not really the point. It's more to be informed about things, like a car show or something like that. I, I'm not sure. I think that for industry people, it's more about seeing what's new. I think that there's a lot of consumer stuff going. So I think a lot of people go to be able to buy whiskeys that normally wouldn't be at your liquor store. Because after、okay, I sure that, yeah, yeah. Because a lot of the people that go, I think a lot of the people that buy tickets are your regular、uh, 
person that doesn't work in the industry, they like whiskey, but they don't have contact from suppliers and importers like we do. So if they heard about a certain whiskey, where to buy? Because not all liquor stores have rare bottles or old bottles. So it's a good place for you to collect. So to walk you through, listeners, you walk in, you go through the line, um, and we also have photos of everything. You go through the line, you go downstairs first. There's a B1 level, so that's a basement one. We're in a hotel called the Indigo Hotel, uh, a couple of blocks away from Takalicious here in Jing'an. You go in and um, you're bombarded by booze. There's a, a there's a goose, Grey Goose booth. There's a Banana banana Republic. That's not a... <laughs> Havana Club. I don't know where I'm getting Banana Republic from. Was it Havana Club? Oh, it is very confused here. There was Grey Goose, Havana Club. Um, there was a peach liqueur, and then there was the um, Some, cider. There was a cider. Somebody sold your phone at one point to to make you that you follow them on uh, WeChat. True. So a girl grabbed me her. Um, one of the okay. By the way, sorry. Side story here. Logan loves the booth babes. Hey, I appreciate fine art. Yeah, it loves both babes. But in one of the booths, you had to scan a QR code and basically follow them on the equivalent of, let's say, Instagram. You had to follow them in order to get a free cider, which I happily did. But the booth babe goes ahead, takes my phone, and starts following the brand in all of social media. She went through my apps. She went through my actual phone screen from my phone, found the other app, found Taobao, followed it find another thing for and i'm like lady excuse me <laughs> that's a pretty good booth babe but so um you go in this first floor is b1 and b1 is almost all bartenders with their own bars and everything's free down there everything's free down there so and we know a lot of the bartenders so they might have had a system where the hoi away get to have a taste so I, they, they were really bad at explaining things, but when we got our tickets, we got a little punch card that had 12 empty like slots. And I think that means you get 12 drinks throughout. I mean, the drinks are very small, guys. They're not a standard cocktail size. They are about a couple out. ounces tops and also two ounces for like, I would say if it's a cocktail it would be like two ounces. If it's a real serving of whiskey it would be like an ounce. So... We're talking about 60 ml, 30 ml. Uh, if it is just a taster that you're having for any whiskey, I think those are unlimited and those are about three quarter ounce, so about 15 mls. But I think that if you were not in the industry and you didn't know the bartenders, they would stamp your card and you could have 12 of those mini cocktails, right? Um, for us, they all kind of knew who we were, so we're just walking in and they were like, here. All, thankfully, all big fans of the podcast. And so we walk in and uh, on the first floor, we're still on the first floor. This is 1 p.m. when the thing starts. We're the first like 100 or 200 people in the event. And this is a massive event. So we're the first couple of people in. So all the staff are still energized and alive. Our friend Rum Zhao is there who owns Nightingale. He sees us and I instantly get a four ounce pour or five ounce pour of uh, Glen Morangi 25. Yes. Uh, he gives a, a stupid amount of whiskey. Like stupid for just from the jump. Like, you don't go in hot. You have to, like, warm up to it. Also, this is 1 p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, we drank it. We did it. And for me, it was a, it was a wake-up call. <laughs> I was not ready. <laughs> then the next thing is, so we leave the B1 area. But, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Give a shout-out. He had an incredible drink, too. He had a nitrous infused, like, in a tagged-up, um, basically, like, an espresso martini, but with nitrous and also with some edit, uh, made with whiskey and some bitters and it was 
delicious. It was probably, apart from the highballs and the other ones for for the more esoteric cocktails, was probably my favorite in the whole in the whole show. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shout out to Rum. He's amazing. So we we um we leave there. We're going to the next floor, and on the way to the next floor, there's a Maltai ice cream station. Maltai is uh, Baijiu, and if you know anything about me, you know I love two things, or three things: Cosmopolitans, Baijiu, and Booth Babes. All right, the simple man. But the, so the Baijiu ice cream, I definitely had to try it, and they were super like excited that a, a foreigner was trying the Baijiu ice cream. But I've had it before; I liked it. I liked it this time. I love Baijiu as well, and、uh, the funny thing is, I somehow we were all together. Somehow I missed the ice cream part. No one told me there was an ice cream. I didn't. See you guys have ice cream. If I knew, I would have gone. The reason why I didn't is because their booth had a big line, and I got lazy. Oh no! Because I just went to the front of the booth because you and Sharkbait were just looking at like the Maltai.、Uh, there's all this like、uh, cool like merch and stuff up. All right, guys. Let, like let purses me, and stuff like that. Let me know. I was looking. You know, really, they have like the cool stuff. There's the plushie. Yeah, it was the plushies. I was saying, let me get this inside me. So Baltai is a very famous, like probably the top top brand of Baijiu in China. So Baijiu is basically it's an alcohol. It's distilled, it's fermented and distilled from sorghum. Yes, and、uh, it's known for being really funky. So I would say it's different flavor, but it has the same culture as mezcal has in the sense that every village makes a certain way. Some of them are very smoky. Some of them are very fruity. Some of them are very sour tasting.、Uh, it's artisanal. It comes from family, from generations and generations, and it's it's again it's funky. I think that if you are someone that appreciates mezcal, you would probably enjoy a lot of baijiu's. And even me that love it, some of them I find horrible, and some of them I find amazing. You really like it's so full of different flavors, right? And Maltai is not necessarily my favorite. I think it's the equivalent of having the smokiest mezcal, which is why I drink mezcal, right? But、um, it's very high end. We're talking about this is the Grey Goose of Baijiu's. I think more. I think it's more of a whiskey kind of level because a bottle goes for about a couple hundred dollars. Yeah, it's very expensive. I mean, it's what the government drinks here. It's the government drinks. Yeah, it's something that you eat as a gift. Yeah. Are very special occasions because it's really well respected. I think it's similar to giving a bottle of whiskey that's eighteen or twenty years old in the West, right? Yeah. And they have a few more items in the line, so they have things that go to thousands of dollars and things that stay in the hundred. Ah,、uh, but it's such a, a a older man that likes whiskey kind of vibe. And then the whole booth was full of this really cute plush toys, and the plush toys were cute versions of the multi bottles. And me and Lisa were loving it. We were looking at this really cute toys, and they were like childish toys. They were like things you put in your desk, and it's like a little bottle looking into the moon. We were just like, "This is so cute!" And we saw a big line, and we didn't get the ice cream. And I was first in line, and I was having the ice cream. <laughs> I was like, "Hey guys, want ice cream?" And like plushies. So we go to the second floor. We have to leave the first hotel we're in, which was little bit. We had to leave the first building in the hotel we're in. Go to the next building, so we're out in the heat again after aircon. We're all a little buzzed. We go up this、um, first floor to this like disco escalator, wasn't it?、Uh, no, yeah, no. First we we go into this the second building, and the first floor is already full of、uh, vendors and all that. And that side, the second building felt more like the event itself. We had the fancy booths, we had all the decoration, we had all the booth babes. 
and he had all the brands that we actually were interested in seeing really cool things. And yeah, they dropped some real money in this events. The brands had incredible booths and like really good drinks, really good service, all their rarest bottles. You Remember, you could taste everything for free. Yeah, but tiny taste, but still, you can just taste it. You get your experience. So instead of us walking through everything on each floor, what were your three favorite booths and why? Okay, so my strangely, my favorite drink was at my favorite booth, which was the Suntory had this booth out. And Suntory has Maker's Mark, it has Sabiki, it has obviously Suntory, and it has Chivas. And they were two. Not Chivas, sorry. Um, Cuvassier. Yeah, because you, you kept singing the Cavassier hip song. You're like, I don't know what Cavassier except from hip hop. Remember you kept saying that? No, it was Christina. But Christina kept saying that? Yeah. But like, so we're, we're I had a Cavassier highball and it was literally amazing. I was so blown away by it. Uh, I agree. I think that drink-wise, that was probably my favorite. It was just so well-balanced. Yeah. It was soda, Cavassier, and then... A little bit of lime, right? Uh, it was lemon, but then instead of using the juice or the syrup, they did some sort of infusion or something along the lines or an acid solution. So it was a clear highball, but it tasted like lemony, and it was really nice and crushable and fruity and still like strong drink. So I would agree that was my favorite drink. Um, next, I would say... Well, my I was gonna say my second favorite moment was when you had to get votes for Maker's Mark, and then we just talked the brand rep to giving us Maker's Mark instead. <laughs> so, guys, in the Maker's Mark, which is the same booth we're at, basically. yeah, same booth, but they had this very cute mini bottles of the, of Maker's Mark, and I like collecting them at the bar. I put them in the shelves and all that, and I have them as like decoration at the bar. And I really wanted a baby Maker's Mark, and I asked them. What, how can I get one? And he just said, you post a photo, and if you get like 20 likes, you get a bottle. And I asked him, really? Do I have to do it? Can I just have one? He's like, yeah, just do it. So I did it. And then I showed him that I did it. And I was telling him, like, look, I already have 10. I'm definitely going to get to 20. And he just goes up, grabs one, and gives it to me anyway. <laughs> yeah, th yeah, that was fun. Um, there was a really cool Ardbeg barbecue. We didn't get to try it, but I tried it on Sunday. Oh, tell me more. Uh, I can't taste or smell anything, so it was wasted on me. Sorry, Mark Lloyd. But we had it at a barbecue, and could have been great. <laughs> it was my favorite decorated booth because yeah. it looked like a horror movie. Like It, it was something about like a swamp monster barbecue, so playing like... Uh, Arbeg is an extremely peaty, peaty scotch as well, for those that don't know. Uh, was sitting with the, the Scottish monster in the, in the lake. Loch Ness. Uh, Loch Ness. So it was, like, it was very death theme and like zombie and uh like monster like like 1980s b-movie monster kind of thing yeah and they had this awesome like massive old barbecue thing full of like monster meat and the bottles in the middle of it and there were like cages it was like a really really well decorated booth i think was my favorite like visually and i liked i kind of liked the um which one is uh the we didn't grant any sons. Oh, the Balvini or? And so we was uh, Balvini, Monkey Shoulder, and Glenfinnick. Yeah. And they were doing a really cool thing, which is you had a different drink every couple of hours. And they came with a different glass and you got to keep the glass. Yeah. So the first one was brilliant because it was Glenfinnick, lemon, and coconut water. For everyone has been drinking all day, 
That was great. Godsend, yeah. That was hydrating and it was so hot too. So it was like really refreshing. Then the second one was a honey balvini highball. And the third one, we never made it back, but it was a mason jar with a coffee highball with... Yeah. Also, I think really, really cool high-end techniques there. And then you got to remember, it's just free. You get the glass and everything. So that was super cool. Uh, what was the booth your friend worked at, the whiskey booth? Oh, um, uh, Buffalo Trace. Buffalo Trace. That was a cool booth. The drinks were great, too. The cocktails were great. Adam, shout out to Adam. Yeah, they had this video of the founder of Buffalo Trace, or maybe they just, not the founder, because he's probably not around anymore, but the distiller or somebody. And he was talking, and it, yeah, like it was lulling me into like a trance. I kept drinking Buffalo Trace and just watching his video. <laughs> no, everything, it, it, was a, it was a lot of fun, definitely. Um, we did the whole thing of professionally going around, trying things, tasting, exploring, getting the swag, seeing the buffets, and then we kind of finished it. And then we went back to the B1 area where the bars were and the DJs were, and then we got trained. Yeah, they finished us. We thought we were being so polite and good. And then our friend Gio was downstairs in B1. And uh, then we time traveled and we were all at home somehow the next day. Oh, no, I wasn't working. You had to go to work. I myself. <laughs> I did not. I made a fool of myself at work, though, after those before. But so Whiskey Hill, honestly, if you have the opportunity to go, it's fantastic. The tickets this year were really fair. They were $15 US. Yeah, 99 RMB with a bottle of gin. So it's, che- it's, about, it's cheaper than a bottle of gin on retail. Yeah, it's cheaper. And like I think the only feedback I would ever take away would be two things. First off, I felt like it was rushed to get there. Nobody, like the, it was just announced. Like we have to go to Whiskey Owl like in two weeks. The other thing was there was no food. Oh, no, there's no food. You're right. There was a lot of water, to be fair. There were yeah. about it. There was water available everywhere. Uh, there were glasses there. There was enough, even there wasn't food. You're right. There was no food. And we got very, um, very fortunate at Talkalicious because we're so close that people were coming in just shit-faced. And, like, when you're shit-faced, Talkalicious is perfect for you. So, like... Yeah, tacos when you're drunk. Yeah. Sign we, me up. We have, like, eight tops and ten tops just walk in completely bleary-eyed. Like, I need a burrito. Yeah, yada. I drink so much whiskey. Like it was, uh, but whiskey ale, I think, super fun. Yeah, and I like that it's downtown now. You should be quite far. So, um, yeah, it's a fun experience that we're definitely going to try out next year. Um, listeners at home, if you have any questions about it, feel free to text us. Feel free to ask. Yep. We're happy to share more. And I think, I mean, that leads us into something that we're happy about, into something different. And now for F&B. Horror stories. This game's worse to dive. Real talk, someone told us to get sound effects, but I think we make our own sound effects. Their talents here when we call the noises. It's like somebody telling you to buy lime juice when you could just juice your own limes. Yeah. Take that, Kyle. <laughs> Tell me, Logan, what is your F&B horror story? Is it, I feel like you're out to get Kyle today. Well, this is a vegan horror story. So our friend, our actually our wonderful friend Kyle, who's done almost so much uh, tech support in the background for us, is a vegan. And this is not his fault, uh, but this is a vegan horror story. I love him anyway. <laughs> is that what you're saying? Yeah, he's awesome, dude. Uh, and a great DJ. Great DJ, yeah. Um, so we, so at a restaurant, Obviously, we want to cater to everybody's taste as best as possible. And also, I understand some people are vegan. It's maybe they can't eat something, medication, religion, personal belief, whatever it is, that's 100% fine. But for whatever reason, 
if it's going to go wrong at a table, it's going to go wrong at a vegan table. Uh, this just personal experience, but when, when you're in a restaurant or in a bar, you get a flow to how you work. Somebody wants a cocktail, you make the cocktail. You know your recipe, you know the way you move with your recipes. Same thing with the kitchen staff. So like if you have a vegan table, we have a vegan butt. So no problem, we just hit vegan, the kitchen staff knows what to do. Or if you have like a vegetarian, so cheese isn't a problem. No problem, we hit vegetarian. Easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Um, but we had this table and somebody was allergic to cilantro. Saying that in quotation marks with my fingers. They didn't like cilantro. They didn't like cilantro. It's like people saying they have a service dog when it's not a service dog. It's just like a cute little dog they like to bring with them. That's It's not the same. But um, so these people were like, oh, this one lady ordered all the food. Everything came out allergic to cilantro. So we have to take the food back. We go, are you sure you're allergic? She's like, yeah, I'm allergic to cilantro. We, okay, we remake everything for her. Then this starts a chain reaction, a domino effect, if you will, of their whole table just getting everything starts getting screwed up. Like somebody's got the wrong dish or somebody's got gluten allergy or somebody's got this, or somebody's got that. To the point where a table that was going to spend about 200 RB on us, we spent about five or 600 RB just to make the table right. And this takes about 45 minutes an hour for your uh, our shift day. And then during all that time, all the other orders start piling on. So it's an F&B horror story because you see when one little piece falls, sometimes how your whole little empire crumbles. And then everybody's stressed. Uh, I'm in the back drinking Jameson, so I'm not murdering anybody. <laughs> and, you know, even the, the bartenders are trying to make drinks for their tables that have been waiting for drinks. They are getting food before drinks, which shouldn't happen. And it's all because this one small cilantro-based incident. I have, I think everyone that works in F&B has this feeling, which is, I've got to be honest, it is true. Uh, there are a lot of people with food allergies and intolerances. Of course, it makes a lot of sense. There's no issue. But there's a lot of people with made-up allergies nowadays. I had a, a customer once in a hotel that I worked uh, tell me that she was allergic to all alcohol except Tito's vodka. <laughs> it felt like, this doesn't make any sense. Yeah. And the... And the I had several of those. I think that would be like, I'm allergic to gin, but I am okay with vodka or I'm allergic to vodka, but I can drink gin. And I'm just like, what are you allergic to then? Like, if you're allergic to, let's say, Angelica root, makes sense that you wouldn't be able to drink gin. But the statement seemed very broad. And I had a lot of people, they are celiac for real. And of course, we always accommodate with y'all. But I also had all these people, they're like, I'm celiac, so I only drink Tito's. And I'm like, no vodka has gluten. Like, no, it, yeah. it's, it's distilled to to death. It's rectified with water. It's, it's, there isn't any gluten left. It's not something that, it's not a compound that stays, but yeah, I've dealt with a lot of that too. But I think the funniest story that I had is I worked at an artisanal pizza restaurant uh, many years ago. And we're talking about that type of place that tosses the dough in the air and does it in to the top of like a, a granite surface and, spreads it all out and sauce and a ceramic oven or whatever, open flames, the whole, the whole shebang, the whole Italian classic pizza. And this lady comes in and asks if we make gluten-free pizza. And then we said, no, we actually didn't make anything else but pizza. It's like just pizza or desserts. If you don't eat pizza, this is not the place for you, right? Uh, so she's like, oh, okay, no problem. I can provide my old dough. So she had a, a gluten-free, like, pizza dough. No, that's actually pretty smart. No, but here's the problem. She required no cross-contamination. And we said, lady, this place is covered in flour. No. 
there's flour on the bottom of the oven, there's flour on the top of the surfaces, there's flour on, you know, the hands of everyone making it. It's, it's like, yeah, they're like, look at me, I'm covered in flour now. This is, a, a, this is a gluten establishment that is covered in gluten. Like, we can't help you if you are that allergic. This is not a place. Well, they'd be dead right now. No, no. I mean, she's in the in the in the eating sorry in the dining uh, room area. But what we're telling her is that you are not going to be able to ask them to cook on this without any cross contamination. So if you're dead allergic, this might not be the place for you. Uh, so she started slowly folding. So then she was okay with them cross contaminating, and then they made the pizza. The pizza wasn't good. So then she ordered. A regular pizza and ate it. And I was just staring at her thinking, what happened to that gluten allergy? Because now you're eating a, a pizza with gluten. Yeah. And you're fine. <laughs> yeah, nothing. Yeah, that's, yeah, that, that is an F&B horror story because that it drives me crazy when that stuff like that happens. Yeah, we had to bend over backwards. We had to disinfect surfaces. We had to, like, try to dust off the oven as much as we can to make her gluten-free pizza. And then later she was, she ordered another pizza with gluten and ate it. And I'm just like... Mm, explain that. <laughs> yeah, explain that, homegirl. Yeah. Uh, well, I will have a. I have a little mini one. I uh, a mini heart FMB horror story. So we're not just picking on people with food problems. I was showing a trainee bartender in the past how to. After you make a lime juice, we actually vacuum seal stuff. And you know, a, a bag of like a liter of lime juice is a, is a lot of juicing limes. It's a lot. Uh, so it's limes, lemons, uh, juice, all this stuff, separate liter bags. And I showed him how to vacuum seal. Then I showed him when you check the vacuum seal of the bags. And this is about for a Friday night, so we're going to have a rush. So I knew I had to make a lot. I turned over the bag, and I didn't seal it. And everything fell on the floor. And that was super frustrating because then during the rest of the shift, we're like catching up by making more juice. And that kind of sucks. It's so annoying because then you're covered in lime juice Oh, it gets sticky so fast. And you look so dumb in front of like a new baby bartender. But yep, this was F&B Horror Stories. Now for our next segment that we call Drink Drinks Up. I've been drinking. I was trying to get like in time with you. You get squeezed in a blend. This. So Logan, what are the drinks you've been drinking this week? Okay, so this week, because it's still been really hot in Shanghai, uh, I did a creamy coconut paloma. Nice. I thought it was actually really fun. Um, the only problem is I can't taste or smell things. Right. I uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think I have COVID or anything, but like I've been sick for the last couple of weeks. You might hear my voice, uh, and I just can't smell or taste. Oh, that? Yeah, I've been a really great guest bartender at a couple of events, and I felt so bad for people. But uh, no, so this creamy coconut paloma, it's like reposado, kefir, lime, simple syrup, uh, coconut, Conde- uh, coconut uh, milk, non-sweetened, um, lime juice, super good, super refreshing, a little bit of bitters. Uh, it was like a really soft, and grapefruit, yeah. Uh, and I thought that went without saying. And yeah, but the taste was really next level. Like it really, really brought out a lot of different flavors that you get in a Paloma. So it made it like almost like a Thai Paloma. Or so you... Yeah, so I, I mean, so I read on paper. It's like when you read music, but you can't actually do music. <laughs> Well, I had my one year anniversary with my boyfriend, and we went on a date, and we went out and hit up some good drinking spots. So we went to, uh, we always mention on the show, but we went to the cannery. Yeah. <laughs> we also went to Union Trading Company. Uh, at the cannery, I've tried, uh, we, we had a few drinks. We, we went through the menu quite heavily. We went through, I think, 
three drinks each. But I had this great drink, which was basically a martinez. There was a twist to it. I don't recall, but it was a martinez. And uh, the pairing was with oysters. It can't, it, so the drink came with one oyster. And you drink the drink. It's a regular martinez. You have that oyster and you drink it later. The flavor is just boom. And it happened that we also had ordered 12 oysters. So it was perfect. It's like, oh, awesome. Yeah. Having oysters, drinking the drink. And I ended up having two of those because they were amazing. I forgot the name. If I ever recall, I'll bring it up. But after the cannery, I went to Union Trading Company and I tried the banana pepper martini, the Elysia, like, super. <laughs> yeah, loves that martini. Yeah, Shark Fate loves it. Uh, it's good. It's it's a bit more on a, on a dirty side that I enjoy my martinis, but I. Yeah, I, I see what she likes it. She really likes a very savory drink. The solid, they also had a really delicious tiki drink that tasted like star fruit. Oh, wow, that's fun. Yeah, it was, it was really nice. And uh, yeah, I think that's the only thing. The rest, I worked a lot this week. Uh, weekend was rainy, like hell. Heavy, heavy rain. Yeah. It was a typhoon, and I broke my phone, and I worked all evening. But yeah, that's the drinks I've been drinking. Well, I mean, just a quick story about the Martinez cocktail. There's a, there's a, there's cocktail history is always muddled, pun intended, because um, there's a lot of people say, I invented this or I invented that, or nobody knows what the word mojito means. But with uh, Martinez, like, there's a ferry between San Francisco and Martinez. Uh, it's a. And Manhattan in New York, and no one knows which one came for. Yeah. So there's this ferry, and they were saying that people started drinking that drink because on the ferry, you could drink. It's like a bar on the ferry, it's super fun. And like they were saying, Martinez was the drink you drank. It's basically like, it's uh, it's gin, it's all tom gin. Yep. Uh, sweet vermouth. Yep. Which is similar to Manhattan in the sense of rye whiskey and sweet vermouth. And is it like Sardamaraschino? I think so. Yeah. And orange bitters. Yes. So it's a real, it's a, it's a boozy drink. People would drink it after all the ferries. So when they got home, they would already had two two drinks in them because the ferry only cost five dollars to ride. And now. Or back when I lived there. But like, so that was the story about it. They made it this drink so people can have a couple, a little blast off after work. But um, yeah, that's a lot of good drinks you've been drinking. I had that banana, uh, banana pepper da- uh, martini and that was very tasty, I will say. Yeah, it's nice. And also, um, I think I need to take more time to go see more bartenders. Actually, we're having a, a coming back of guests from around the world in China. So uh, tonight I'm going to go check out uh, John Nugent. He used to be my, my roommate back in Hong Kong. Funny enough, he's doing a lot of really cool stuff. So he's doing a shift at the middle house that I'm going to go explore. Well, yeah. He's with Jameson, right? For this event. For this event, I think so, yes. But, you know, I'll just go explore, go try new things again. So I'm really excited for the season to come. And, um... Well, I mean, there is a lot of stuff going on. Like, I've been doing, I did a guest shift last Sunday. I do a MC of the cannery on Saturday at the beach party. And then I do another guest shift uh, before I leave to the U.S. So I'll be I'll be all over the Shanghai. I'll go see you in a couple of the... Yeah, well, I'll, I, I, man, anybody from the uh, China on the Rocks crew, I mean, this gets launched on Saturday. This exact podcast that we're talking about comes out on Saturday. So you should be able to hear us on the way to any of our bars or events. Also, Logan, it's September. What happens in September? What is it that we have in common? Uh, is that when we both were born? It is. So for the ones at home that don't know, me and Logan have birthdays two days apart. 
So Logan is September 19th. On the 20th, we had an incredible bartender friend of ours, Mark Lloyd. And on the 21st, it's me. So the three of us tend to have... It's good when we do parties together, but it's also really annoying because we all have the same circle of friends. So when we try to throw parties, it's always <laughs> conflicting. So we always check with each other the dates that we're... You'll be, you have to, yeah, because otherwise our friends are... Like, so we're going to our, each other's parties as well, but we're professionals. Our friends are not, and so they're getting, like, pickled by, like, day three of the Bacchanal. That is the September birth month. Yeah, so every year we're always like, so when are you planning your birthday? What are you doing for your birthday? I need to make sure that either we join it or we make it in a different date or I spread mine out or what do we think? <laughs> well, I mean... It, September's a tough month because it starts with my friend Sarah, then it goes my friend Joyce, uh, our friend Arthur is the same day as me. There's just, September is a birth, like if you were in the F&B industry, it's a good month. Well, Christmas was a busy season for our parents. Yeah, every, yeah, exactly. But I mean, that's, a, I mean, we're going to have a fun time. We've had joint birthday parties together and I think I've been gone before the cake comes. I actually, I, I, I do an Irish goodbye for most things. No, true story, guys. Last year we did a joint, oh, two years, sorry, we did a joint, bir- oh, yeah, two years, you're right. We did a joint birthday party and I had to work so I could only come. By the way, the birthday started at four. I came at five. By the time I came, Logan was already out. Bye. So when they did the cake, they couldn't find Logan. And eventually when they found him, they forgot that it was also my birthday. So I didn't have my cake. <laughs> It was a special cake made for her. It wasn't like we had a shared cake. No, yeah, but it just happened that they were such in a hurry to sing happy birthday to him because he had to go because he was Irish goodbying at, basically at that time that there wasn't enough time for my friends to arrive at the party. So it was a really weird birthday. I don't know. Like for me, I get uncomfortable around a lot of people. Like if I'm bartending, I have no problem or I have something to do, like give me a microphone. No problem. But if I have to just talk to people for like an hour or two, I don't know what to do because I'm so used to doing stuff when people are talking to me. So I think that's why my brain Irish goodbyes. Although it was okay. It was just it was just funny because we both agree all the time, but I think you started drinking at noon or one. Yeah, either way, I, I, I blame somebody we call Darth Syrah, and uh, Darth Syrah is listening, and I know you're cackling at this, but you are the reason you should leave. She'll start feeding shots, like, oh, have a shot. Oh, you should have another shot. Oh, I can't drink. Have another shot for me. Logan wasn't at our birthday party by the beginning time of it. He was not there anymore. <laughs> but my body was. But like last year, I was very smart about this. I uh, had my friend Matt as a shot boy. And so when people would have want to have shots with me, because that's what people want to do, and I, I respect their decisions, I'd say, oh, shot boy. And my British friend Matt would run up and have a shot. And he handled it so well. Like he had, I think we counted like over 20 shots and he was... No, he was done by the end. No, no, no. He was drunk, but he was okay. I think he lasted way longer than I thought that that concept was going to work. Yeah. No, he, I mean, Shop Boy did, that was a great concept for me. Like, I just yell, Shop Boy. And people in the beginning were a little upset, but then they understood it. I was like, if you have me have all these shots first, I'm out of here. Or I could, you know, have one shot every four Shop Boy calls. And then. That's what you were doing. You were doing one shot every three or four. Yeah, yeah. which. Balanced out all right. Yeah, it was fun. And um, what are you doing this year? Shop Boy Part 2. I want, uh, I was suggested by a very funny suggestion to do... Uh, so, so, little backstory, I just missed my high school reunion. And so somebody was saying you should do a high school reunion party. Class of 98. That's how long ago I was. But I feel like that's a lot of work. Oh, I was... Yeah, I was young. Yeah, but I feel like that's a lot of work. But So we're doing a party on September 16th. That's the Mexican Independence Day. 
And then we'll do a real party on my birthday uh, where we'll do something else. How about yourself, Miss Anna? What you doing? Uh, I am not related to the birthday. I am doing a 16th Mexican party as well with the guys from Smoking Hog. Um, and for my actual birthday, I am being really bad at planning. I don't know. I'm definitely going to have... Bad Virgo. On. Yeah, bad Virgo. Bad Virgo. I'm going to have everyone come to Pulse. I'm going to do some sort of a party. I'm not sure if I'm going to do a theme. I might just do... I am here tonight. Come over. Let's party. It might just be that. Yeah. I mean, I will say the... I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast, but the guitar competition we did there was epic. Yeah, we did an air guitar competition. I'm going to do that for the bar anniversary, which also happens next week. Oh, genius. So, yeah, uh, a couple of weeks ago, we did a uh, really fun by Joe Bar takeover. So I did a guest shift at Posto Bills, and we ended up having an air guitar competition. And some of the people that came through were just on fire. Who was the guy that did... Uh... Trey. I already know yeah. Trey. Shout out to Trey. Trey was incredible at guitar. We were talking about people walking over the bar, jumping down, climbing tables. And he felt like he was playing the guitar. He felt like a rock star. And he took home all the swag, a bottle of Pai Joe, and all the honor of being the winner. What was the first, what was the song, though? Uh, it was Pantera. I don't remember that. So. Was it Pantera? Was there no, uh, Def oh, Leppard? Def Leppard. Def Leppard, teacher or something, hot for the teacher. Hot for teacher, yeah. It was hot for teacher, yeah. It's hot for teacher. He came down swinging. It was amazing. But I mean, guys, I think we're covered a lot of ground here. We're so sorry that we've been absent from the mics, but we're back. Yes. Logan was a little short staffed this month, but we're going to get up in our professional setup. So we're going to have guests back again. So uh, somehow we're going to get this YouTube thing working. Yeah, we're going to get this camera thing working. We're going to get it all set up for you guys. But I hope you still enjoy our company anyway. Yeah, we've got a great episode also coming up with Camden from... Uh, Happy hospitality. Happy, happy, yeah, thank you for that. I'm getting old, so my brain is muddled. But anyway, guys, this is a big cheers and thank you from China on the Rocks. Remember to like us, subscribe, follow, or whatever your podcast provider offers as a button with a heart. <laughs> if you're on WeChat, add me or Anna. Uh, I'm Logan7401, and then I can send you Anna's contact. I'm Dolce and Banana. Much easier. Oh, Dolce and Banana is cool. And then we're on Instagram, we're on the Facebooks, we're on the Twitters, even though I don't know how to tweet. Uh, and we'll see you guys at the next round. See you guys soon. Bye. Bye.